Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This has come out of my people, March 2nd, 2017. We have here today with us Brother Lynn and Brother E.K. The topic is no two masters. There are no two masters in anyone's life. Only one party can occupy a space any given space at a single time. There are no two masters. There are more than one master on the earth, but there are no two masters in your life. There are micro-masters is a better way to say it on the earth. There's only one real master of the earth who is ruling it right now today, and that's Satan. Now, notice I said on the earth. I didn't say of the earth. Because the Most High Almighty is the master of the earth and the, the real master of the universe. But only one one man, and in me saying one man, I mean plural in this sense, only one man rules the earth at a time. And no two beings or objects can occupy the same space at the same time. Only one man or one body of people rule the earth at a time. I'm talking about the entire, the entire earth. I'm not talking about the micromasters. Only one rules the earth at a single time. Today, international bankers control, manage, is a better way to say it, commerce. But they're also not going across the earth trying to seize up land and getting into war with everybody. But the one who is doing that are the ones who are occupying under the leadership of Vatican City, Rome, and the one who's going across this earth is the hitman for this modern-day revived Roman Empire. And this is the hitman for the United Kingdom. Something dawned on me, brother, brother E.K., we talked the other day about the kingdoms, kingdom of Judah, kingdom of Israel, right? We spoke on that. And 
Something dawned on me. Listen to this. I didn't mean to go on all this. It's the spirit moving me. I just can't help it. Listen to this. <laughs> the, the life of Yeshua was pre- who was preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. During a time where the land he was occupying had been divided into two kingdoms. And he's preaching the kingdom of heaven as a form of government theocracy, which is heaven on earth, which is a government, a nation, a body of people, a congregation of one. One people, one nation to live the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High Almighty on the earth, heaven on earth is what he was preaching. Now, it dawned on me that he was trying to unify the upper and the lower kingdom, upper kingdom being Israel, lower kingdom being Judah. So in a sense, he was trying to unite the kingdom, and that would have been a united kingdom. And it hit me that the throne of David is said to be occupied by, for those who don't know this, occupied by the Pope. Excuse me. The actual throne is occupied by the Queen of England. But the actual authority and emperorship as the quote-unquote seated David is controlled by the Pope. Now, David didn't walk around as a Pope, but, I mean, excuse me, as an emperor. But he, in fact, was in a sense an emperor, but we didn't use those terms because emperor or empire comes from I am. It comes from imperial, I-M. So they switch the letter on you so you don't make the connection. Besides the fact that the E and the I have an interchangeable pronunciation, which is probably more the reason. But my, my point is, I the great I-M, the I-M that I am, the Most High Almighty, is the real emperor, the I-Empire. And we always recognize that. But here's a seat that they're occupying in an emperor's position, meaning they're the authority over the king. An emperor is over a king. But because there's no king today, there's only a queen. So the emperor is over the queen. And they claim that... Their church was founded by one of the uh, uh, the followers of the Christ, Thomas, that he started the church, the Downing Thomas, that he um, orchestrated the whole Roman Catholic Church. 
the same people that crucified Yeshua, the same people that went to war with the Israelites are claiming that one of the Israelites started their church. So they're sitting in a seat today as a master over the planet, on the planet, over the planet, but not the master of the planet because only the most high is the master, the real master. And there cannot be two masters. So, because no two objects can occupy the same space at the same time, one that rules must be removed from their rulership, not just over the earth, but over your life. And their doctrine is dominating the mentality, the consciousness of most of the people of this earth. Most of the people of this earth are in a belief system whether they believe in Christianity or not, they're in a belief system that is reflective of the consciousness that is derived from the Roman Catholic Church. The whole Messiah complex, the Immaculate Conception, all of these things is taught by the Roman Catholic Church has infected the consciousness of the people to such a degree, those who even protest the church, protest their doctrine, call them the devil or whatever, they're even affected by that doctrine because they've developed a savior complex, so they feel like it's their obligation to go save the people and that everybody should just worship them Now, they don't call it worship, but that's what it is in context. Brother Lynn, the floor is yours. Ta-da. Thank you for that. Savior, Savior complex. What's peculiar to note is that these people also being in control of the planet, being in control of the media, being in control of pop culture, which everybody seems to be plugged into, they've used these mediums to actually impress upon the people that having a savior complex is actually a good thing from their medicine to their religious activities, you know, even in the educational system, the people actually have a, they have a a need, they have a desire to be looked at by those around them as saviors. The Christ tells us in the scriptures that there is no savior but the most high. In other words, 
your brothers are not responsible for a change in your perspectives, a rescuing from your judgments that are brought about uh, by choices that you make uh, in your life. I think that one of the, probably one of the most horrendous offenders of these things would be the doctors, uh, medical doctors that operate on this land because a lot of times, you know, if you get into a situation where you fall ill and you have to encounter one of these scoundrels, they'll actually have no qualms about letting you know what your prognosis is for dealing with a particular malady or a particular pathology. They'll tell you that there's no cure for such disease, said infirmity. They'll tell you that you only have so long to live, so you know, you should get your affairs in order. And in most cases, they lock you into a paradigm where the, the negative thinking sends you into a place psychologically that if you're not uh, strong-willed, if you don't have the necessary isolation from what this walk on this land can do to you psychologically, um, you, you'll succumb to that. You know, they make a suggestion, and because there's some, you, because you perceive them as some sort of authority, that suggestion actually manifests itself as a real-life uh, consequence because you put all your trust in this man and you have no ability to put trust in the man, the Most High God Almighty. So we have to come to, in our lives, we have to come to a place where we recognize just whose property we are. I remember I, I used to be uh, very, I don't listen to a lot of gospel music now, but when I was younger, and uh, you know, gospel started to take a turn from uh, those uh, classic singers such as uh, Andre Crouch and Walter Hawkins and Shirley Caesar, and we started having folks like Kirk Franklin come on the scene. You know, everybody sort of gravitated towards that because it was, you know, sort of a new thing. And Kurt, he came out with, he had an album, and then I think the second album was uh, Kirk Franklin featuring God's property, right? And so, you know, that was, that was actually a great album. And uh, the thing was is, is to boast that I'm God's property. Well, we got to understand that that's a boast that's not rooted in any any factual uh there's there's no factual um evidence to that point actually 
the evidence points to the, the contrary. For all intents and purposes, we're walking around actually being the property of Satan, the property of the devil. And the reason for that is that property has names. Name comes from non, meaning a distraining of property. So you have God's property. Those that are God's property, they actually wear the name of the Most High. They don't wear the name of their oppressors. They don't wear the name of uh, the beast. They would actually, born on the public record, go out and declare a name, declare a nom that actually reconciles them to their creator on public record in front of the whole entire planet. I yield, brother. Brother E.K., the floor is yours. Um, brother, thank you for that. Yes, um, I like to think that this uh, the master's point of view is sort of twofold, where it's almost like there's two types of students on this planet. You have students of Satan, you have students of the Most High. And what does a master teacher do as they were to teach or reproduce itself through its students? So we have a situation on the planet where we got students of Satan who learned to some greater or lesser degree of how government works and is able to use some of those sacred truths to establish it, but also at the same time while standing on it is able to promote falsehood. And now we have a situation where now Satan has effectively taught its students how to be, quote-unquote, custodians of this truth but mixed with doctrine that's disguised as something that is relevant in the scriptures. And so now the students of the Most High for a long time, many, many, many years, have not been existed or have not shown up to class almost. So now we're in a situation now in, now in, in, in this point in time where those students are starting to raise up, are starting to come back to class, are starting to learn from who the master is of this universe, which is the Almighty, the Most High Almighty. So now the sacred truths, the understanding, the lies and the deceit starting to be unveiled, it's starting to be uncovered. So now Satan is in a very peculiar situation where it's like, man, like, I got to do whatever I can to make sure that these students do not wake up because if they do, they're going to take back what's rightfully theirs. We can't have that. And so now they spend all their time, all their energy, all their resources to make sure that the children of the Most High don't come back to class anymore. Oh, you don't got to come back to class, you know. Are you really sure you want to do that? That's a lot of what you got to give. You won't give up what I've been doing for you for the last thousand years? You're going to give up all the doctrine, all the sweet language that I've been giving you, all the sweet food, all the sweet drinks? Are you going to give all of that up and go to class for the Most High? Is that what you really want to do? So now there's a decision that has to be made. So if we're trying to understand how Satan has effectively made us its property, taking on his names, his titles of nobility in this quote-unquote government, now we have to recognize and say, 
okay, where did all of this, like, where's the traceability to how they was able to establish this government for on elected and then able to sit on the throne that we were sitting on and then be able to produce a doctrine that further and further keeps us subdued and asleep after understanding how we were supposed to be able to conduct ourselves in their capacity that they're currently occupying right now. So now this master, we hear our people say, you know, I'm I'm about, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a I believe in God and all these different things. Yeah, it's fine. But when it comes down to it to really, really establish it for real, for real, now you gotta go to class. Now you gotta go learn. You gotta pick up a book. You gotta start dissecting the truth that's going on around you. Now you gotta be humble and be able to take the chastisement, the correction of the master teacher, which is the most high, operating through people and situations, to be able to access what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. So it's not even so much where it's like we think because we can profess it on our lips that we're the most high's property, like Brother Lynn was saying about certain people that say I'm God's property, but are you really the most high's property? Because if you are, you would establish that point on the record. You would remove yourself from taking on that slave master's name, which was Satan, which is Satan. You would remove yourself from his jurisdiction. You remove yourself from his status. And you'd be able to understand through this classwork of the Most High that it ties right back into the scriptures. The template is there. How to reform government, how to correct yourself spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, so you can be able to be groomed to graduate to that of a quote-unquote master and reproduce this truth into other people. So now we've effectively had a classroom of students that are starting to be raised to a comprehension of a master that our supreme master, the Most High, was able to instill upon us. So that's what it's coming down to. So now it's going to start to be a battle of the two classrooms. There's a classroom of the Most High, there's a classroom of Satan. And there's two masters. Now, you can't be in one place at the same time. You have to be one place or you have to be in the other place. Now, the most highest classroom is a lot of work, but it's not a lot of work as we may think. It's a lot of shedding the wickedness. So that part takes a lot of work. But Satan is an enormous amount of work because you continuously have to be under this perpetual idolatry. And that takes way more effort to continue to do. You may not realize it unconsciously, it takes a whole lot of effort. So the classroom materials, the, the homework assignment that you're getting to become a master like Satan is very, very, very laborious. laborious. But whereas with the classroom of the Most High, to be effectively to be a master of all of which is how, to, how you conduct yourself in government and things of that nature, it's not so much. So you got to make a decision. Whose master do I want to serve at the end of the day? Whose title of nobility do I want to carry on? Which title, which name do I want to represent for on public record in front of the whole entire universe? Because right now, as it stands, we're only representing Satan's works. So it almost comes to bear in mind where it's like here you have a master reproducing itself in people, such as Satan, and as our dear brother, please, have often mentioned, names take on attributes. Whatever name is given to you, you will live up to that attribute. So whatever attribute is placed upon you as a student of Satan, 
that's the kind of attribute you're going to be living in your daily experience. But whereas if you're in the uh, Most High classroom, understanding how the titles of the Most High, the names of the Most High, how to be property of the Most High, how those titles actually are attributes of the Most High, you're the representative of that. Now you effectively become that master of that particular attribute that the Most High is instilling you, instilling in you. Therefore, you're able to carry out the divine work that the Most High plays before. So it's it gets very, very intricate when we break it down because it's like you have, it all comes down to making a critical decision. Which master do I want to learn from? Which ways? Which ways do I want to learn from? Which 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 doctrine do I want to learn from? Which doctrine do I want to take on? Which which titles of knowledge do I want to take on? And it becomes clear as you dissect this thing and, and understand, like, if I don't want to be dealing with the wickedness or the idolatrous practices that I'm currently experiencing, I might want to be able to figure out when class is in session for the most high or when the admission process starts. And I would advise that everyone start thinking twice about that sooner than later. And with that, I hear. Very well put, brother. Very well put. And there are no two masters from a natural law perspective in anyone's life. It's like, listen, in reality, you can't pay attention to more than one thing at a time. Think about this now. I know sisters can multitask. But in reality, if you are are watching something and something else comes into your peripheral view, I'm talking about physically watching, you're not any longer focusing necessarily on the thing that you're looking at. You're focusing on that which is in your peripheral vision. So the very makeup of the said human being is not even designed by nature to be paying attention, focusing your energy towards more than one particular anything at any one particular time. Therefore, your very makeup is designed to submit to one almighty creator. You don't have two biological fathers. You don't have two biological mothers. And to the best of my knowledge, and I don't claim to be all that intelligent or smart, I have never seen a being that had two biological fathers or two biological mothers. And even in that relationship between the male and the female, the male and the female are supposed to come together and operate as one, representing the Most High Almighty and the twin souls of the Most High Almighty. And I'm saying this to say your very makeup makes it so that you can't serve two masters. And in law, you are recorded as having one master. And in reality, a master 
This is another issue. A master is a low degree, meaning out of 360 degrees of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, a master would be a third degree. And it's designed, hear me good, because I don't think I've said this on record before, it's designed for a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old boy to be specific, It's designed for a 13-year-old. Now, in saying that, even still, us being placed under the bond servitude of Caucasian Europeans and them becoming our masters, they were only in third, third grade at the third degree. Here to bring about a punishment upon us for our transgressions of the Most High God Almighty so that we can wake up and return to our real master, our real creator. Floor is yours, Brother Lynn. So we're ruled by third graders. You understand? <laughs> the scripture. <laughs> The scriptures plainly state that and children shall rule over them. Children shall be uh, their masters. And I've always contemplated this in my various studies. All throughout the scriptures, you always hear, excuse me, you always hear our, our body of people being referred to as the children of Israel. And I got to think, to some degree, one of the reasons why that label is cast upon us is because we only made it to first grade. The children of Israel, the children of Israel. I mean, you got to think about it. You got third graders ruling over you, so you, you know, you, you obviously not, are not in junior high. You can't be in senior high. You know, we we have to we have to be honest with ourselves at some point. And we have to, and I know it's hard. You know, because the thing is, is that it, particularly in this culture, with being psychologically the progeny of the shaitan, the tendency is to always accentuate the positive aspects of our nature, and we never generally want to focus on those things that we really need to improve on in our lives. But the whole point of thinking on who you belong to and who your actual master is so that you can get a very clear picture of that which requires your attention and that which is necessary for you to be reconciled to the actual master indeed you know, not just in word not just you know based on what you believe 
in law, there's a concept of form versus substance. You can create entities in law, and believe it or not, we are actually functions of law. We are the produce of law, universal law. And in a court of law, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with positive law now. In a court of law, you can create an entity that has the form of what you declare. And if it doesn't have the substance, then that entity can actually be rejected by any court of competent jurisdiction. So a lot of times what we a lot of times what we try to do is we want to put on appearances, we want to put on airs. You know, we want to give this facade that we're something that, you know, somebody picks up the covers and does a little investigation. You know, they can bust up that fantasy and prove that there's no substance here. In other words, it's fraud. So I think the whole point of this topic, which, by the way, I think is a great topic, I think the whole point of it is to get us to a place to where we really start to inspect and evaluate our behaviors to see if we can independently come to a conclusion on who is the master in our lives. And if that's not the entity that you think it should be, that should be a a spark or an incentive to help move us individually and collectively in the right direction. Further, I say if not, brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We have about uh, two minutes left. Brother E.K., floor is yours. Shalom, thank you for that. Uh, just to wrap it up, um, we just have to recognize <laughs> what's really going on around us. I mean, like the scripture says in Romans, you know, now it's high time to wake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than we, than we believe. But also remember that Peter also mentioned that for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from creation. So regardless of what we may think as a people, these laws, statutes, and commandments, whether we believe it or not, have a direct control over the daily affairs that we do on a daily basis. And because we've graduated to a minority status, because we're effectively still under children's education in this beast, that's why we can't grow up to take care of things that really, really matter. And the things that really, really matter is understanding this government law and commerce how it works universally. Does it make any of us better that may have access to this? But we have to really question what's really going on in our daily affairs. And with that, I'll give. Praise the Lord. There's a dialect of Hebrew that says, Ru, spirit. 
some say ah, spirit in various dialects of Hebrew. Rabah. Some say Rabbi. When you put the I at the end as a translation into English, it represents my. So if you say Rabbi, it's like my Rab. Or when you say Rabba, we're talking maybe something on the lines of spiritual father. So a rabbi might be my spiritual father. So if you have a master who begins their path really as an apprentice at the age of 13, as a rite of passage, what this is is them stepping into a covenant of law. So Jewish people call it a bar mitzvah. A mitzvah is, or a matzvah, or however you want to say it, whatever dialect you use, is law, statutes, commandments. So when you're talking about a bar mitzvah, notice how in England they use the term bar in law. Bar cards. Some say British Arbitrary Registry. Whatever, the term bar is used. Well, this is a covenant being uh, a covenant between self and the Most High Almighty at that age of 13 to enter the apprenticeship of a master degree. So at 13, you should have this master degree. And as I'm explaining my spiritual father in a sense could be a way to look at this word. A master teacher is a rabbi and a master teacher is a god one who is able to reproduce themselves, not capital letter G-O-D referring to the creator. That's not That word doesn't refer to the creator. It just refers to the creator in your mind. I'm not talking about a deity. I'm talking about a master teacher, one that can reproduce themselves through teaching. And if you think about this, the said parent of a child is supposed to be able to be the master teacher over the master who's at 13 years old. So we have a divine and heavenly father who is operating in the capacity of our father and our mother. But we have a responsibility to determine who is our real master, teacher. We've been miseducated. 
on these terms. We've been believing all types of different things about law. But in reality, a government is going to operate in that capacity as a said parent or a righteous government. Even a wicked government does that to some degree, actually. And you still belong to one master or another. So why not belong to the government, to the nation that is totally in submission to the will of the Most High God Almighty, and that is this nation here today, tribes of Aboriginal nations? Thank you all for listening. Shalom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.